0: What have you broken in the past? Breakage isn't always bad. In fact, breaking things, including yourself, is completely okay when the experience leads to something better. This is How I Broke That.
1: Hi, Breakers. We're here for part one of our three-part series interviewing the great Delbert McClinton breaker of the music industry, racial barriers, and so much more. Delbert has earned himself a list of impressive stats over the many years, including four Grammy Awards, 25 albums recorded, chart hits in four genres, blues, country, rock, and pop, 63 years spent recording and touring performances alongside the Beatles, Bruce Channel, Tanya Tucker, and other huge music names. Tune in as we set the stage for breakage by hearing about Delbert's modest upbringing, his inspiration, and his very early music career. Welcome to How I Broke That. Thank you for joining me.
0: My pleasure.
1: Yeah. My pleasure. We will get into... Where I actually am, because we know between me and you and, and your wife and my wife, you know, how we got to this house, but we'll get into that later. That's a little teaser on where I am in Mexico. The show is about breaking shit. Okay. But before we get into breaking shit, I want to talk about how you made it. And, and in our pre show interview, you talked to me about a time where you walked into a house, your house, and heard and saw a guitar live. And can you, can you bring us back to that time in Texas?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> I, I came home from, I was in junior high school. And I came home from school one day, we lived in a shotgun duplex. And when I walked in the front door, I heard somebody singing a Hank Williams song and playing a guitar live in my house, which was astounding. It was... The only other live music I'd heard was when I, went, when I was a kid, too young to stay at home. <coughs> my parents would take me to the... Squ- they'd square dance every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. The square dance always had a live band. I'd sit there all night and marvel at the band. Uh, so uh, other than... That, I'd never really heard anybody, a live person, performing up close. So you yeah. walk into that house and what I'd happens? Seen, I'd seen some...
1: Huh? So you walk into that house and what happens?
0: Well, I walked into the house and, and I immediately just dropped everything I had. And uh, there was the living room, a dining room, which we use as a bedroom because I had two brothers, then the kitchen, and then the dining nook or whatever you want to call it uh so they were all just you know one 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 room bah, 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 shotgun style right by now. anyway in the there was a guy named ray harden uh, a friend of my oldest brother he was all field he was a, a what do you call him a wildcatter and uh he was he was sitting in our floor between the kitchen and the Dining nook. And it was an arched, arched uh, entranceway. No, book doors just arch. And uh, he was uh, Ray Harden was sitting down there on the floor, leaning back against that archway with his feet up on the other side of arch. Big old tall boy. And I came in there, and he was uh, singing a. He was singing Hank Williams song, and and it uh, it fascinated me to no end. And he, oh, I forget, I, t- I forgot to tell you this the other day. He had a little nice little Martin guitar, and it had a hole in it about the size of your fist. And uh, after I'd been in there for a little while and met him, and and I was just awestruck, you know. And, and I said, "What happened there?" Pointed to the hole in his guitar. He said, "Oh, I stepped on it when I was drunk." <laughs> and I thought that was the coolest thing <laughs> I'd ever heard in my life. And, uh, he was, he became, he became a hero. Uh, it still is, but you know, that's the only time I ever remember Ray Harden coming over and playing
1: Hmm.
0: only time. But my other brother had another friend that played guitar and he came around more often. And he's the one that I, I learned EA and B from. (laughs) So, uh,
1: so these guys, they're they're coming into your shotgun house and they're showing you how to play guitar. And yeah. how old were you at that point?
0: Well, I was probably in the uh, eighth or ninth grade.
1: Okay, so you're in the eighth That'll or ninth, ninth about grade.
0: 15, about fifteen, I guess.
1: You're in the eighth or ninth there grade, and one of the, you know, one of the, um, the threads between all the people that we talk to on this show. Is that maybe it's around the eighth or ninth grade, but sometime early in their lives, they realize what their passion is. And was that when you realized that your passion was going to be music, whether you liked it or not?
0: Well, I don't know if I realized it, but it certainly was the case. Uh, There were so many things going on. I was not a good student. My parents were not educated people. Neither one of them went to school. I mean other than preschool, they all had to work by the time they were big enough to work you know they they were both came from big families my 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 brother had uh four five brothers and two sisters, and my mother had god I don't have any sisters anyway uh it was a bunch of people, and none of none of us none of us i say us them me uh They'd start working when they were pre-teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cotton country up there, plus farmers, you know. And it was 19—well, um, I, I was born in 1940. So the first 10 years of my life, I can measure by the music, the music of the 40s, the the war years. And I loved it, and today it is still my favorite music to listen to. And when I turn my radio, uh, or to listen, if, if I want to listen to music, I put it on Forties Junction. Hmm. Cool. On uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was it called? Serious Radio.
1: All right.
0: Is that I watch, Wendy? I'll listen. Yeah. All right. She's over
1: there. We'll talk about her, out. of course. So, so maybe that's the first thing that you broke. Okay, which was. Education.
0: Well, I broke. I would say I broke through. You broke through. Okay. I broke through because I was already, I already just loved music, and by the time Ray Harden came to my house and played, that was that was that was all I wanted.
1: And Ray Harden That's had his broken guitar that he that he busted when he was drunk. So that was the first break there, right?
0: That was the, that
1: was the first break. Yeah. <laughs> so, but talk about education, you know, because again, one of the common threads here is that you don't necessarily have to take the you know that straight and narrow path uh and you took your own path right even uh, education
0: yeah, and, you know everybody's taking their own path today as opposed to back then back then it was you do it this way because this is the way the bible says you do it mm-hmm. or this is the way you know and uh uh the only things that i most of the things that i learned in my preteens, well, I heard, I had, I heard a statement or, or, or a, read a statement similar once. This. By the time you're 17, you have all of your prejudices in place. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time I was 17, I, I knew damn well what I wanted. Uh, and there wasn't any doubt about it.
1: And nothing was going to break you of that. But let's... Let's go to prejudices. And I was gonna save this for a couple couple minutes later to have this conversation, but you brought it up. And honestly, you know, I, I read your book, one of the fortunate few. Um, and what really stood out for me, other than you know, an amazing story, decades of great music, was that you didn't give a shit what color, shape, size, where anybody was from, if they could play music you were game. And that was breaking the norms back then.
0: Well, it wasn't even if they if they were playing music. I just never was. Uh, I never. I think I told you this the other day, but the first time that I really knew uh, or, or, or felt uh, 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 animosity against black people was uh or, or maybe not and but where it was first pointed out to me publicly that blacks are different i was in the in a i was with my mother and as i was living in lubbock i moved away from there and i was almost 11. well just turned 11 years old so this was nine or ten eight or nine or ten in jc penny store and they had two water fountains white and colored and I asked my mother, "What what's that about?" And my answer I got was the answer you always got back in there. Was, oh, they're different than us. We don't you know. And uh, no, no good answer really. No good answer other than well, they're they're uh, they're different. My parents, I never I never knew them to be uh, racist.
1: If it was, if it was something that your parents had around them, it was seemingly based on your book and based on our conversations, it's something that you didn't tolerate at all.
0: Well, it's not only didn't tolerate, uh, it, it, it didn't make any sense to me. The only sense it made to me was, why? Why? Why are they considered less than we are? Why? I don't get it. And I can say the same thing now. I don't get it. Yeah, I know the history of of uh, slavery in this country, and uh, and it's so bizarre when you want to think, boy, we live in the best country in the world, and it's always been the leader in right. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't. They brought slavery to America.
1: So, well, we're still looking for the why. And it's and it. We're in well, 20. we
0: are, and, and I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure it'll ever be answered because the answer to it is ignorance. Simple, plain ignorance. Ignorance and and just a lack of education. Neither one of my parents went to school, other than a very short time when they were big enough to work. They worked so, the farms. So uh, then and. and
1: so take us back, okay? Uh take us back to Texas and take us to take us to, you know, uh a white club where you're bringing in your bandmates or
0: the reverse. No, you went I, into a black club. You didn't care. No. I didn't. In fact, the music that that I ended up loving so much was black music and, and uh and uh Of course, I never went honky tonking in Lubbock. I wasn't old enough. You know, I was I was was a a preteen, right? And so uh, I I can't I can't speak to to that uh, live music at that time because everything was white. Everything was white Hmm. except the blacks you see on the street. Uh, I never heard black music. Well, I did too. My my mother's youngest sister lived between our house and the elementary school, and I would stop by there <laughs> sometime after school because she had back then what they called race records, Charles Brown and and um, and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I can't pull out any 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 more names right now, but but uh, she had music that I love to listen to. And so I heard uh, I heard a lot of these Black artists uh, from her. I learned about a lot of them from her because she was the one that had the records. And other than that, it was Hank Williams, Bob Wills, Lefty Frizzell, and Ernest Tubb on the radio. So
1: you've been playing, or, you've been playing music since the 50s. And yeah. when, you know, this this podcast, this show, is really about breaking... So I had to do some some of my own research and understanding better of music, you know. And so, in uh, some of my research, understanding what of music, you know, uh, you know, and so some of my research showed me that your music is a blend of rockabilly, rock and roll, R and B, and country. Is that about right?
0: Uh, yeah. I I had great influence from all of that, you know. At night, when I was a kid, you could get, uh, oh, what's the name of the station? Uh, XERF Cunha, Mexico. Uh, 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 Border station, right? Border radio. Yeah, border station. A million watts or whatever just across the the line into Mexico because you couldn't have a station that big in the States. But just across the border, they had this massive station that at night you could hear it all over the country
1: cool so another another kind of norm you broke here was and you can tell us if it was you know uh, on purpose or on accident was that you weren't going to be necessarily pigeonholed into one type of music you were going to break the norm and maybe this hurt you well, or helped uh, you but you were in four different genres potentially
0: well i never thought about it that way i really didn't i uh, only thought about I love this, you know, uh, uh, conjunto music, the, the Tex Mex. I heard, I've heard that all my life. Man, Doug Som, who is an was an unsung hero. Um, uh, he's gone now, but uh, he was he was he's 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 my hero. He's the guy that not only was doing the same thing I was doing. He was doing it a lot better than I was, because by the time I was in my teens, uh, well, uh, beyond my teens, actually, because that's when I really became a uh, a, a fan of Doug songs uh, Doug Songs, if you don't know who he is, he had a big hit song years ago called "Cause She's About a Mover," you know. That's Doug's song. <laughs> and Doug's st- played the best blues guitar in the world. He played fiddle, played steel guitar, and sang his ass off. And uh, the Beatles were big fans of his. Uh, but he never broke. Never never really got broke through and got out. Yeah. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, there was a... Uh, a uh, tribute record to him uh, several years ago that I was asked to perform on one different people doing Doug songs. And uh, I did Texas me, which, uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much says where he was at the time with it. I can relate to the lines are, uh, uh, is, uh, I left my home in Texas headed for the Frisco Bay. Uh, uh, I don't know, but, uh, I can't remember the words right now. I've traveled a lot, had a lot of hard times and troubles along the way. Now I'm up on, up in Sausalito, wondering where I ought to be. And I wonder what happened to the man inside, the real old Texas me. So that's the song I did. Mm. And, and we got a really good take on it. It sounds really good. So, uh, Doug saw him. That's the the guy. He uh, he showed me that a white guy could do it. I guess because when when I heard him doing it, my uh, mojo went up about forty percent. Thanks for listening. Next time on How I Broke That. Wow! Even the earliest
1: years of Delbert McClinton's career were filled with opportunities to break. For the better. Listen, this episode is one of three, and up next, Delbert's going to tell us all about touring England alongside the Beatles. It's a breakage filled story you won't want to miss.